We're going to be the college admissions podcast that has some fun. Welcome back to the Admissions Uncovered podcast. Yes, it is me. I am back from China. The plane did not crash. I'm back alive in Dallas. Slightly less jet lag than before our first recording session, which was supposed to be this Sunday, but I had jet lag and overslept. So, Is that what happened, Mike? That's mm-hmm. what happened. That's mm-hmm. what happened. He told us he was going to take a nap and then just didn't come back. <laughs> Texted me at two in the morning, said, oops, I fell asleep. <laughs> what a guy. That's what happens when you're jet lagged from China. I get the jet lag card. But now that I am less jet lagged, we are recording. And today we're going to be talking about the interview. And I know we had a podcast about the interview a while back with our friend Sid he just had done some interviews with Swarthmore in Oxford, and we decided to have him on and talk to him about how his interviews went. He gave us some good advice on uh, how you should behave during interviews, a little bit of psychology, maybe some uh, some, some SID psychology, pseudo-psychology, but sounded smart enough for me. He also gave some fairly funny stories about what happened uh, to him during Oxford, his Oxford interview, so be sure to tune into his interview. It's really interesting, really good stuff over at bit.ly slash aupod25. That's bit.ly slash aupod25. Just another podcast about how you can ace your college interview. Now, we also want to tell you that I know that this process is coming to an end for a lot of you, and that is a really good thing. I'm so proud of you guys for getting through it. Uh, but that means that uh, you might not have the appetite for a college admissions podcast anymore. And I get it. I wouldn't either. So, we are going to be launching some new podcasts just for you high school seniors who are graduating right now. We're going to be launching some new podcasts about college life, how to adult, how to make some money, how to do some side hustles. We're going to be talking to some really cool people I've met at Columbia and the people that me and Dominic know through their friend groups. And we're going to be launching those new podcasts in the next month or so. So if you want to find out about our new podcast, go over to bit.ly slash aupodnew. That's bit.ly slash aupodnew. And you guys can be the first to find out about our new podcast. So head over there and uh, give us your email. We won't spam you. Promise. Probably. No, we definitely won't spam you because that requires me making emails a lot and I don't want to do that. So on with today's episode, we are going to be going through some common interview questions that we all know we're going to get and that you need to be prepared for. So let's jump right in. So first off, in the show notes, we're going to include a lot of helpful links where you can go and see a compiled list of different schools that have released or alumni have leaked some of the common interview questions they recommend. Uh, These are really helpful so that you can help rehearse yourself, especially if you're not accustomed to interviews. So that's one way that you can prepare. Also, just being able to look at the questions in case they ask their own questions, but it'll be along the same lines. Just generally, they're trying to get a feel of who you are. For the most part, these schools are not going to include any bit of your application in there, which is why a resume is critical. We'll talk a bit about this later, but it kind of helps expand into your activities of what you haven't been able to talk about. But out of these questions, Nee, what are some of the big questions that they'll ask you? Well, I just want to recap really quickly before we go in-depth in into the comment interview questions. Not every single person, as we've mentioned in the past episode, will be offered an interview. So you shouldn't be too worried about that because they won't hold it against you. If you are contacted, it's usually through email or through the portal. So be sure to pay attention to that. And to your question, Dominic, I know you've had a couple of interviews. I had a couple of interviews. I had one just this past weekend. And usually... What question I always 
get asked first off is just like tell me about yourself and even though it's kind of like a starter question i think it's kind of a difficult question to answer because you're not really sure what you should include how long you should talk um michael how do you usually approach this type of question well i think this is actually a really easy question and it should be a really easy question because it's the answer that you should have prepped before the interview Right, Because a lot of these other questions, you might not know what they're going to ask. They're going to ask in a different formulation or some different permutation, and you might not have had the chance to prep for it. But this is literally the one question you know that they can't ask that you can prep for. And so the answer to your question, how do you answer it? You're right. It is hard because you have a lot of different things about yourself, and you don't know which one to choose. And you know they might ask you about an extracurricular activity, so maybe you don't want to focus your answer just on the extracurricular activity. Um, so the answer to your question is that the answer to this tell me about yourself question should be the personal narrative that you have been presenting about yourself all throughout your application. Now, we've been telling you guys about this personal narrative throughout a lot of our episodes. So, what is it? Well, it's the common thread throughout every single piece of your application that explains why you wrote the essay that you did, why you did the extracurricular activities that you did, why your recommendation letters say the things that they do. It's the story about yourself. It's It's the thesis of your life. And that's what you should be trying to do with the tell me about yourself statement. So it sounds a little bit hard to do, right? So let me tell you a bit about mine. For my tell me about yourself statement, I noticed that I had a lot of things going on about, you know, extracurricular activities related to service. I did debate, which is kind of this like very uh, politicky type event. How do I connect those two? Well, my narrative was that I felt an obligation to give back to the community that I had given so much to. And so in order, so I said that up top, that was who I am. And to back that up, I told the story of me going to school every day and me writing the dart. And I'm sure Dominic and, me, Dominic and me have some stories about that too. Um, but my story that I used for the tell me about yourself question was that going to the dart every single day and seeing the disparities I did between suburban picket fence, Allen and urban areas in Dallas, that made me realize we had to do something better. We could do something better. And uh, I wanted to be part of that betterness. Uh, I said it better in the interview. <laughs> better, 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 better. <laughs> uh, but you get the idea, right? It is a broad statement about yourself rather than something very, very specific. And it, I think, should link back to the narrative that you've been building throughout your application. I, I know I haven't been specifically asked that question, but definitely just the interview altogether kind of answers that question in a way. I like to think of the interview kind of like a recommendation letter, obviously for most schools it's going to count less than a recommendation letter from your teacher, but the difference between this one and a recommendation letter from your teacher is you're able to control the narrative like Michael was talking about, and you can really steer the interview in a direction that you would like to take it. What I kind of usually answer it, I'll tell my story about moving back and forth between America and Vietnam, and just kind of the transition between that. Because what I think about Tell Me About Yourself, it's like your first impression that you make on your interviewer. So usually, like as Michael said, you might want to tell a story about yourself, something unique if you have a special talent or something like that, so that you can kind of set up the whole vibe for the rest of the interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one more thing. This is a answer that you should have prepared. You should for sure, absolutely for sure. have prepared an answer to Tell Me About Yourself. And I think to put it another way, you can think about this as your elevator pitch. If you ever tried to get an internship, I'm sure you found this on job sites. It should be like the 30-second spiel that explains you, that makes you sound impressive. Mm-hmm. You should have that prepared. 
you should have that able to be said at any moment and it'll be helpful even outside the college interview. For sure. And you should make sure that you don't ramble on and on and try to tell everything about yourself because of course you you could add like an extracurricular, but you could always say, so I do this and um, I might expand on this later on when they actually ask you about your extracurriculars because you definitely don't want to put too many things in at once because like they're still human and like, you know, if someone just rambles on for like five minutes, you're bound to lose interest. So you got to make sure you keep it short and concise. Yeah, think about this as the thesis statement for your application, the thesis statement for who you think you are. You know, the thesis statement does not include every single detail. That's why you have, you know, three body paragraphs. The thesis statement is the summational statement. It's not supposed to be super detailed. Neither is the answer to tell me about yourself. Moving on to another one of the more frequently asked questions in the college alumni interviews. What has been your biggest challenge? Usually for this question, it's really the opportunity for you to tell an anecdote about a big kind of moment in your life that could have been a turning point, a point that kind of defined who you are, kind of showed personally how you've adapted, say, adapted to environment or overcame a big struggle in your life personally. I don't think it has to be anything too grand grand scheme or something like that. Like, you don't have to think too hard about it. Just kind of the first moment that, like, pops, um, pops into your mind and you really always kind of draw back to this moment and think about how you overcame it and how you became a stronger person from it. So usually what I always tend to lean towards is my experience, like, kind of moving back to Vietnam from here and kind of feeling like an outsider with like a foreign language, even though I was born in Vietnam, but I've grown up my entire life here and just kind of talking about how everything felt so foreign. But what you got to make sure that you emphasize is not just the, ch- the challenge, but focus more on how you overcame it and the person that you were after you overcame this challenge. Because that's what they really want to see. They want to see growth and you being able to get help from people around you to overcome this challenge. The thing with this question, and I think with a lot of questions, is that you need to be able to tell a story here. You know, the question literally is, what is your biggest challenge? And that should have kind of a narrative arc. The beginning, you see the problem. The problem develops. It's getting really bad. But then you find the solution. You overcome the problem. And that needs to have, and it needs to have the resolution. You know, I overcome problem. Here's the takeaway. Here's what I learned from that. So it needs to have all the features of a good story. And the thing I want to emphasize is that ending. What a lot of people don't do well is they don't do the takeaway well. They tell this good story, but then they leave it there. You have to take it the next step. You have to explain why that story matters to you, what you learned from that biggest challenge and why that matters to you. You know, why in the probably many difficulties you faced in your life. Did you choose to tell that one to the college interviewer? That's what the takeaway should answer. So kind of something similar in asking you to explain something that's maybe been slightly negative in your life is an often asked question, what is your greatest weakness? Uh, What do you guys think about this? I feel like this is the interview question that everybody likes to joke about. So I think for this one, a lot of people will try to play the question in a way and they'll try to say like, oh, I'm I'm over-organized or I'm a perfectionist or, you know, like that, that's probably not your greatest weakness. Um, I think in a way you can make it funny if you want to, like you've got a funny story that relates to this, something that will connect you with your interviewer, uh, something that contributes back to your narrative. 
uh, let's say you've always been shy, so you became super involved in whatever club, and then that's what you do now. But I think trying to be sincere with this question is the best way, because it's going to allow you to just speak for who you are, and I think that'll result in a better conversation than trying to craft this perfectionist weakness that they probably hear all the time. Well, one answer you definitely should not say is, I have no weaknesses at all, because that's probably like the worst way to answer this question. But kind of going back to what Michael said when asking about like, what has been your biggest challenge, it also applies to this, like, what is your great greatest weakness in that you say kind of say your weakness, but also as Dominic mentioned, you tell a story about how you might have overcame that weakness, how you learned from that weakness. In the end, you can kind of still make it into something that's positive, but not necessarily, I'm a perfectionist or blah, blah, blah. But you can kind of say, I have this weakness, but I've worked to overcome it. And now I'm this person. I totally agree. One, you should be honest with your weakness and don't give kind of like a BS weakness that not only has everybody heard, that everybody has considered giving at one point in their life. So don't do it. Don't do it. But also what Nisa said is really good too. In order to turn this question from just being kind of this like negative dig at you into something positive is explaining how you work to correct the weakness. If you don't do the takeaway thing, if you don't do the kind of like what now part of it, you've basically just told the interviewer why you're bad. And you don't want to do that. You want to tell them why you're bad and also how you're working to fix it. Because that turns something that's negative into something that's positive. It shows that you are very reflective, self-critical, but you're also taking action to fix what you're weak at. So moving on, also another kind of personal question that's commonly asked is, what would you like the admissions office to know that might not appear in your application? So um, Dominic and Michael, how would you guys kind of approach this question? So I think... That this question genuinely is what it asks. Like there doesn't really need to be that much complex analysis that you kind of put to it. It is really just kind of the miscellaneous box. Is there really anything else that you want the admissions office to know? Now, I think the answer should always be yes, because I'm pretty sure there's always something else you can use to pitch yourself some other piece of information that you think shines well on yourself. So typically, at least in my experience, they ask this question to the end of the interview. So if you had something in your portfolio, something in your application that you didn't get to, but you want to express, now is the time to do it. This is kind of the place where you know, you're like, oh, I didn't get to tell that great story that happened to me while walking to school. I'm going to put that in right here. This is kind of the time for doing that. And also one thing with this question, you should know beforehand that the interviewers probably have never seen your application and don't know what it consists of. Even if you have something that might have kind of appeared on your application, like to be honest, like your interviewer doesn't know that. So if you have a good story to tell that's associated with that, that you hadn't had a chance to say throughout your entire interview, be sure to include that. Don't be too technical on the wording or something like that. All right. Now, one of the next categories that is brought up during the interviews, obviously, is going to be about high school or academics in general. They like to talk a lot about activities, but you are a high school student applying to college, so they do want to know about your high school. There's going to be a lot of questions here, uh, but just to start off, this is where I like to interject some stories. I have some really funny just public transportation stories. Michael and me definitely <laughs> just some crazy stuff happens, and you just got to tell the stories. Um, and this is where... I feel like the ice is completely broken. You know, you do the intro and you're still a little shaky and not well connected there. But 
once you get them laughing from these dart stories, I mean, it's just, it's perfect. These dart stories are really good, for the record. First of all, they're shocked at the first place that I take the train to school. Michael, you probably experienced that. People would be like, oh, you take the train? Wow, that's so cool. Some people don't even know there's a train. <laughs> yeah, and then you start telling them these crazy stories, and they think you're like some kid that has to like go across the nation for school or whatever because <laughs> all this stuff that happens but it's it's definitely a great place to throw in a story while you're listening to this podcast if you have a story that you know you want to tell during the interview and knowing that each interview is different uh, try to find the place in the sequence of a model interview where it would go and then once you hit there in the interview you try to steer it in that direction tell us one of your dart stories dominic which one would you like to know michael tell me the oh, best oh, dart story this that day we got stuck in that bus with like 50 billion people. It was a Friday. <laughs> Before break. <laughs> if you sign up for the AU Pod new link, I'll let you know when the memoir drops. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> that's good. <clears throat> uh, so it was a Friday after school. We were going home to the train. And this is before a break. So we were really, really, really go home. I do you know what break it was before? I, I feel like Thanksgiving break. Imagine your Friday before Thanksgiving break. You just got out of class. You had to go to the dart station. You probably waited forever for the bus to come, if it even came at all. So you're, you're up at the station. And then we pull up there, and there's these people in uniforms telling us to get on these shuttle buses because the trains broke down. Some switch broke, and it shut down the entire southern half of the system. It's awful. Anyway. Very dart. In Dallas ISD, there is... A, uh, the alternative school is called Village Fair, and I'll re- refer to it as Village Fair to tell the rest of the story. And that's where all the uh, kids that get in disciplinary trouble, they send them there for a month or two months, and then they'll come back to school. And you can tell by the shirts they wear. So it was definitely because they have to wear different color shirts. So those kids were definitely from Village Fair. And we get put on this shuttle bus that fits like, what do you think, 25 people in CC? Yeah, like at probably. most. Probably. And there's got to be, like, 50 or 60 people crammed in this Felt bus. like 100. There's this, yeah, <laughs> there, there's these kids in the bus, like, doing crazy stuff. There's these people with big bags. There's this lady perched on top of the seat in front of us, like, spider. <laughs> yeah, no, like, for- <laughs> perched with, like, on the seat. some very sketchy, sketchy stuff. Like, I don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down, but it was. Okay, okay. <laughs> She had the name Brandy Sky tattooed on her arm, and her um, sunglasses were like poked out, and it was just. Well, let's see who Brandy Sky is. Brandy Sky. (laughs) I'm Googling it. She's not on Google, I promise you. Anyway, she was like. (laughs) She was doing stuff the whole ride, and that was interesting. I'm not going to tell you what I Googled. (laughs) It was just not. It was not a fun ride, and. We, we took, like, 30 minutes to go up, like, Michael's two stops face. on the thing. Michael's face. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what, what do you think it was? Like, two hours to get home, Nick? Yeah. Like, no, and then we had to... Two hours for you guys. Think about what it was, what it was for me. You weren't there, yeah, so... <laughs> okay, else. just because I wasn't with you does not mean I did not experience the dart outing. No, but, like, it wasn't bad the timing i was just like squished and i am very like claustrophobic and i was like oh my gosh and then we had to get off at some station that was nowhere close to our house i don't i don't (laughs) even remember how we got home i just kind of block out that period 
There was the time when we got to the train station on the train, and then the conductor didn't open the doors and just kept going. <laughs> Everybody thought we were kidnapped. Um, there's the time these dogs chased my friend all the way up to school. They're just random loose dogs. Really? Man, all these stories, yeah. That's cool. Um, what else is there? Dominic, your dart essay. I remember something about, like, stacks. I remember that word appearing in your essay. Oh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> this is a great story. Let me tell you. Okay. Let me paint the scene. Every year, our school does this thing called Tag It, where each of the teachers puts on a program for two days, and you go and do stuff. The uh, economics, Dominic over here, wanted to go and do the one that was going to the Federal Reserve, right? So my econ teacher puts on this grade Tag It, and we're on, this is Friday, right? We're going on the train. We go down to the Federal Reserve. We have a great tour. We learn a lot of stuff. Then we go out to the park, hang out there, and then we're going back. Now, my mom is chaperoning this trip, so she's on the train. She's further down on the train, thank God, because <laughs> this was a sight. My teacher is in front of me, me and uh, good old Sid Sinavasa from the other interview episode. Uh, which you can uh, find at yes. bit.ly slash aupod25. He and I were sitting right behind my teacher, and I would say, like, maybe five yards up in front of us, this dude high on something, like, very, very uh, out of his mind, um, started going crazy on the train, and he was like, you don't think I got stacks? Don't ever think I don't got stacks. He reaches into his backpack, and there's this, like, pile of ones, and he proceeds to just throw them all over the train. And it was it was something else, which is fitting right after you got back from the Federal Reserve, <laughs> which prints money. <laughs> I, we talked to my teacher after it. She she had her hand on that pepper spray. It was uh, <laughs> it was something. Yeah, great stories. I'm sure there will be more at the end of this year. For sure, for sure. You want to tell a story about the time it broke down on your finals day earlier this year? What? Oh, so there's always there's all there's a tunnel between my house. And then the, and the school and I swear like the tunnel every train that goes in there just like doesn't come out like it just <laughs> breaks down. So we knew like there was a train stuck in the tunnel, but for some reason the conductor still decided to go into the tunnel. And then he's like, "Never mind, let's back up." So we we went into the tunnel. <laughs> Wait, actually, yes, we went into the tunnel. We stayed there for ten <laughs> minutes, and they're like, "All right, we're going back." So we go back, and that wastes like fifteen minutes. So I just have to get off there and I'm trying to coordinate with my two other friends who are stuck at different stations because the train won't go back. But we just get on a lift. The dude who drives the lift, his daughter goes there. But basically, I showed up an hour, no, like 45 minutes late to, to my final, even though I left the house an hour and a half earlier. But, you know, the things I do to show up and take my finals. So as you can see, we have a great arsenal of stories that we can always defer to. Uh, it definitely helps lighten the mood of the interview, and I definitely recommend <laughs> having a couple stories. So anyway, moving on to the actual academics questions. Um, <laughs> sometimes they'll ask about your favorite class. Again, I think this is a very straightforward question. Um, definitely don't just be like, econ's my favorite class, and then don't say anything else. Yeah. And they probably don't want to, at least for me, they probably don't know that I want to major in econ, so I'll bring that up. And then also, don't be afraid to name a class that, isn't what your intended major is. It's definitely fine. I have an independent studies class that I love uh, going to and all the stuff we do in there. That's something I could talk forever about. I can talk about my teacher's assistant period. Any of my any of the classes you want to bring up and you think that you can portray yourself the best way. 
Yeah, so I was actually asked this question at my past interview, and the topic that I said, um, psychology, and like, you know, if you pick psychology, there's so many things to talk about, especially with our class, we have a teacher that really kind of relates examples to like the concepts we're studying, so we always remember it, and we happen to be studying sociopaths and psychopaths, and he's like, hmm, so tell me about the difference, and so I went on like a whole rant um, about sociopaths and psychopaths and low-key um, somewhere I was like, yeah, we all have egos, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that was a really interesting conversation that he, I, know, I mean, he really seemed interested. So honestly, you could talk about anything. Um, sometimes you can tell like a fun story because as Dominic mentioned, I think humor is, as long as it's like not forced, is a really good way to have a good interview. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, my go-to answer for that question was kind of a weird class that not a lot of schools have, which is AP Seminar, which is kind of this like research type class where you are supposedly learn a lot about how to do research, how to write essays, how to do presentations. And so that's a different class. Like probably many of you don't actually know what AP Seminar is or don't have that class. Um, it also gave me the opportunity to talk about the work I was doing in that class. Uh, I was doing a research project in second semester about democratic theory, which I also do in debate. Talking about that class kind of gave me a perfect opportunity to talk about both my interest in debate, but also kind of like political science and political theory. So I guess the takeaway from that for you guys is finding classes that aren't the classes that everybody goes to, right? Like, don't just say like, oh, I like my science class. You know, like, be more specific than that. What type of science? Is there a specific part of that science you're interested in? But also leveraging this opportunity to talk about how what you do in class connects to what you do outside of class. So maybe the reason why, you know, biology is your favorite class is because it teaches you things that you use when you're growing your garden that's organic or something. I don't know. I don't know. But you get the mm -hmm. idea. So kind of segueing off of that, talking about your interests outside of class, one of the most common questions they'll ask is about your extracurricular activities. And throughout kind of the questions that we talked about before, there are different places that you can kind of insert your interests outside of school because honestly, like that's really what they want to know. This question is like the straight up asking you specifically about say, what are your extracurricular activities? What do you do when you're not at school? So this is the perfect opportunity to talk about a few activities that you're really committed to. The key thing here is not to present like a resume, not to list every single extracurricular activity that you've been in. If you went to a chess club meeting once, like you should not be talking about that. What I find really helpful is to kind of have a, um, like a one, two, three. So kind of mention your most important extracurricular activity, the one that you spend the most time on first and then second on like the next most important. And the thing about this is just not just saying what you do in these activities, but kind of how it's shaped who you are um, beyond that. Maybe you have some leadership. I know Dominic can speak a lot about leadership through his Boy Scout activities, but really just beyond describing the activity, but more specifically your role within the activity and kind of its impact on your life, why you like to do it so much. And you got to make sure that you're passionate because I know the thing that interviewers and colleges usually can see right through is if you're 
not sincere about what you um, like to do, say you just do it so you can put it on your resume. That's not what they want to see. Even if it's not a super big extracurricular, as long as you show passion, I think you're going to be good. And then for the most part, you're definitely going to be bringing a resume as we should definitely have this resume. It's a good guide for them to go off of. It's also another way for you to steer the conversation of the interview. I find that when I hand them the resume, either they put it aside and they look at it later, or they'll go directly to the first activity and then ask me about that activity. Um, and that's where a lot of my discussion happens. So I think it's a good idea to make sure that the first activity you list is your most important one. And the one that you want to talk about and definitely stress. So your spike, hopefully you have a spike. So talking about your spike for the most part of the interview, that's going to definitely be helpful. Yeah, and I think if if you do have the opportunity to give them a resume, you know, for some schools they will actually ask you not to bring that resume. But if you do get the opportunity to give them the resume, that gives you the chance not to have to actually like go through a list of extracurricular activities and instead let you delve into the one that's most important to you or the one you think that uh, you want to develop further in an interview. So for me, the go-to was always debate. And so I told my usual spiel about debate. Traveled a lot, did interesting college-level philosophy work, really impacted how I view the world, blah, 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 blah. I knew the spiel because I said it on my Common App dozens of times because I was saying it in interviews, you know, every single week, right? And so this is another one of the questions that I think you should have an answer for because they will ask you, what do you do outside of school? You should have your answer. This is not a question you can get wrong because you should have prepped this for a very long time. So figure out what you want to talk about, figure out what's your extracurricular activity, and get ready to talk about that. Also, one more note on the resumes, I found it helpful to bring two copies. Uh, so if they're kind of going through, you can go through without looking over the, their, their own paper to see what they're asking about. So you just have one, and if they're going through it, follow along. If not, keep one in there as a, in your folder as a reserve, just in case if you accidentally forget to bring one. Yeah, I think the rule here is just to always bring it. Uh, even if they say no, or even if they ask you not to bring it, or even if they don't say it at all, just like have it in a folder, just in case with your notepad. It's not going to hurt you. Worst case, you're just going to take it home. Exactly. And you'll have it for the next interview. So kind of along the um, extracurricular activities, it's kind of funny how some people find it difficult to answer the question, what do you do for fun? Because I, I feel like a lot of our lives now are consumed with school. We go home, academics, extracurriculars. And then at the end of the day, we just want to like sit and chill on our phone, like watch Netflix or YouTube. So for this question, I mean, even if you do like for fun, you just like sit on your phone and watch something. Maybe you should try to think beyond that. Do any kind of like sports just for fun. Um, do you make a podcast? You could say that. I make a podcast. Right? Just like these things that aren't the typical, I'm a teenager and I sit on my phone all day kind of thing. And then, of course, they're there to learn about you and your activities, but they're also trying to tell the school somewhat if they think you're going to be a good fit for the school. So you're definitely going to have questions about the certain school you're applying to. Obviously... Just like most schools have a supplement because they think it's a very important question, you'll also get asked in your interview, why this school? Michael, any approach to this one? Because I know you definitely have an approach to the uh, supplement question. I think it's the same exact thing you did for your supplement, right? 
talk about specific elements of the school. Don't just talk about vague things like, oh, I enjoy the diversity at your campus, right? The rule is that if you're saying a sentence with the school's name in it and you can replace it with any other school's name, well, then there's a problem because it means what you're saying is way too generic. So you need to find specific programs, specific elements of the school that stick out to you that are distinct from other schools. The next thing you need to do is not just talk about why the school is good, but why you are interested in those things about that school. So for example, I was interested in Brown's um, public policy program because I was interested in using government for good. And so why was I interested in Brown's public policy program in particular? Well, because it was very project-based. So instead of just learning public policy in theory, what Brown does is actually applies those public policy skills by sending you to internships with things like Rhode Island government, things like the Providence uh, city government. So I thought that was really interesting. So combining why you are interested in the school, why the school is good with why you are specifically interested in that part of the school. I think the other thing you want to be careful about here is that well, when you're writing a supplement, you're giving it to admissions officers who know more about the school. Uh, when you're talking to an alumni, they might not know every single specific program. So when you're talking to alumni, try to find something that's a little bit broader that they have a better chance of knowing about. And this is something that can um, be done when you're doing research on the interviewer and when they introduce themselves in their email or at the beginning of the interview. If you know they did a particular club, maybe you uh, know their interest and are going to talk about some element of the school that you like that are kind of adjacent to the areas that they were interested in. So they have a higher likelihood of knowing what you're talking about because you know the worst thing that can happen is that they think you're lying and <laughs> yeah. like what are you talking about that doesn't exist at your school but and I doubt that'll happen because they probably understand that they are not masters at everything at the school but the best thing that, that can happen is that they actually did the thing that you're interested in and that can spark a really good conversation this is also like one of the questions as Michael said to like a few past ones that you should prepare for. You're not just going to know these details Absolutely. off the top of your head. I mean, if you wrote a supplement for this school already that says why school, then this is perfect. If not, make sure before each interview, you research the school that you're about to interview for. I would always find kind of like one or two clubs, specific programs that relate to your major. Even if you say you do like the diversity aspect of a school, specifically how you could research specifically how they try to embrace diversity, which clubs, which initiatives do they have? So really, you have to do research to answer this question well. And so it's not really generic. Like, I like the class size. Um, I like that you have a good campus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, really bad things to like about a school. One more note on stuff to prepare before the interview a lot of the time you've already done this research about why you want to go to the school for your supplement. I know for me, some of these applications I've submitted over a month ago and I still have the interviews to come. So I'm not up to date on what I wrote on that supplement as I've done more in this, since I wrote those. So I think it's definitely a good idea to go back and review what you wrote for the supplement. It can kind of rekindle ideas that you had about the school and why you want to go there. And a lot of schools are going to have the Y school essay. So this is definitely something that you can use to refresh your mind on why you want to go to the school. And then a little bit more specific about or to the Y school question. Sometimes you'll get, why do you want to study this at the school sometimes maybe in the academics portion of the interview they'll ask about what are you interested in what do you want to major in so then they'll ask why why do you want to study whatever major at the school yeah so usually for this question 
it shouldn't be too hard. So even if you're not for sure, for sure what you want to do, you still have some sort of interest that you probably applied to the school for. So I think one way I always answer this question is kind of bring up some anecdote, maybe an internship experience that I had or some extracurricular or an activity that I did that I didn't expect would make me so interested in the subject XYZ, blah, blah, blah. So if you really, you should really talk about concrete details, concrete experiences that you've had that have made you kind of drawn towards this area of study that you're interested in. Yeah, I mean, you've probably written essays on this topic. So just go back to what you've written and kind of use that, right? I wouldn't stress about this question. Another question that's commonly asked is, what can you contribute to the school? So this question might be a little harder than the two previous questions that we talked about, because I feel like a lot of people sometimes are hesitant to really brag about themselves because they they're afraid that's going to come off as arrogant. But this is really the place for you to talk about some club that say you found you found it in high school and how you want to continue this and you want to take it to this university because they don't have it there and you think it's a club that has really helped you and you think it would really benefit the student body. Or you could talk about unique life experiences that you've had, unique perspectives that you would also bring to the school. Yeah, I mean, I worked with a student privately last year who ED'd to Penn and got in, actually, um, and also got into their one of their special dual degree programs, who founded a club at his school that designed prosthetics for people who had cer- cerebral palsy. And he wanted to continue that at Penn. And so that's a perfect instance of a way you can contribute to the school, right? You founded something in high school that's not there at Penn. You want to start one up at Penn, right? That's or whatever school you're you're interviewing for. So that's kind of the perfect arc for something like that. So the next question that sometimes gets asked, and I remember this question from my Princeton interview, uh, is what about the transition to college are you most concerned about? And uh, I, I screwed this question <laughs> up uh, big time. So um, so. It had two parts for the Princeton one. So what are you excited about? What are you nervous about? (laughs) The excited about part, I hit out of the ballpark, right? I was like, oh, the freedom, academic freedom, so great, blah, 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 blah. What I was nervous about, (laughs) I wasn't really nervous about going to college, right? So I decided to be a little bit too honest and was like, oh, I'm afraid of like, the northeastern cold because it's Princeton, New Jersey, and it's like in the north. That's obviously not the right answer in retrospect. And I knew it in that moment too. Like when I said, oh, what I'm nervous about is, oh, those northeastern winters, the cold. I could see kind of like his face kind of like, like okay. look confused and his eyes kind of like jerk up with his eyebrows like tilted like did he really just say that is that what he is going to answer so i knew that i made a mistake in that moment but i just went with it and so that is definitely a bad answer to that question be serious if you're actually nervous about something going to college you should say it if you're not like i wasn't then you should just like make up something reasonable not the northeastern wind what would be something reasonable michael if you could answer that question again, what would you have said? Um, okay. 
I think I would have said that I would be nervous to go to a new place with so many different people from everywhere. You know, like diversity is amazing. The benefits of diversity are clear on college campuses, hearing from people of different perspectives. But it's also difficult going to such a new place, you know. And then I think I would add something here about how difficult it was to transition from my old school to the law magnet. So, for example, like, Mm. I don't know how it'd go. Like, you know, like I've been through transitioning to a new school a lot and to a new school when other people weren't. You know, I moved from the school I went to my ninth grade year to the law magnet where I currently go now between ninth and 10th grade year. And when I went to the law magnet 10th grade year, that first semester was really rough because, you know, I am a naturally introverted person. It was difficult for me to find my friend group, but then I did and it's really great. And so, you know, it's something that I know won't be a huge problem long term at Princeton, but, you know, that first semester might be a little bit hard transitioning in and finding uh, my new friends. Yeah, something like that. Look at this man craft that narrative. If only it came a year earlier. <laughs> now we're going to go on to some of the strange questions. Sometimes you get a question where you think it's a little tough to answer, or there's definitely a, a wrong answer to it. Uh, so, one of the questions that I've gotten twice out of three interviews now was where else am I applying? Um, yeah. And I think that's just, it's a strange one. Uh, one of them did say that it's just off the record and they were just interested in it, but the other one did not make that <laughs> clarification. <laughs> so, I don't know. I try to be, I don't make up schools. Like, I definitely tell them schools I'm applying to. Not all But I don't schools. go through my entire list. Usually, <laughs> yeah. No, usually, by the time I name, like, three or four schools, they have some relative that went there or they know something about the school. Or you can just be honest. You're like, hey, I want to do econ, so I want to go to this school as well that also does econ or whatever. They're, they're not trying to find the kids that are only applying to that one school. Um, <laughs> I think they're just trying to get a better feel for who you are. Um, but don't go in there and spit off your list of all your schools. Yeah. And any other tricky questions that you encountered? Connolly, this is not really a tricky question. It's the, what historical figure do you admire? The thing about my interview is that usually, like, you'll give, like, one or two, right? But my interviewer wrote on the piece of paper, (laughs) one, two, three, four, and was expecting all four of those slots (laughs) to be filled. And I was just like... Hmm. So I was like, I had, to, so I was just kind of like thrown off of that. That because like usually you'll prepare, you have one or two people you really look up to, but then like three or four, that's a little, a little shaky. But I, I just like that's one memorable question that I had. The other thing is like I don't know if I could name like four historical figures that aren't just yeah. like the generic yeah. ones. Like you can't just name George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> Gandhi, and uh, MLK. You know, like you yeah. can't just name those four. You can't. Those are you can't name somebody generic like that. Um, and just to know like kind of four like historical figures that are you know decent enough famous decently enough famous that they know about it but not so famous that it's like oh you like mlk just like you know the other 20 kids who i just interviewed <laughs> it's like not easy but the, um, the funny thing was that the interviewer i think i said like two or something and it was i just happened to think about two characters that we did in a push like ap us history and then the interviewer was like so anyone fun and i was like yikes <laughs> and i'm like okay when you think of historical figures you know, it's kind of... I don't know. Throwing in, like, 
like lesser known Elvis Presley no, or something. I was legit thinking, I was like, okay, who do I know that's like a mu- musician? But I just like went blank and I was like, oh gosh. But yeah. One of the Beatles? Like who's a lesser known <laughs> person in the Beatles? I don't know. Michael, did you have any strange questions? So I did get the uh, where are you applying thing from from my some some scholarship interviews, Harvard and Georgetown. It's worth noting that if you go into the show notes, we'll put a PDF of the guide Georgetown actually gives to all their alumni interviews with the list of questions that the Georgetown wants to be asked. And in my experience, my interviewer literally like followed the script <laughs> to the word. Like when I read that um guide as I was doing the show notes. I was like, oh hey, I remember these questions. But one of the questions that Georgetown asks is uh wants you to ask is like, where are you applying? Now, they make clear they don't want to they don't want the interviewer to ask, is Georgetown your first choice? But uh that is definitely a question that you may be asked. So don't be thrown off. Just answer it semi-truthfully. Yeah, don't make up schools, but don't feel like you have to hand them your list. Yeah, like I had 20 schools. If I named all 20, the interview would be like, yeah, for sure. crazy. You know? So now that we've kind of covered the common questions that colleges or like alumni will ask you, at the end of, I think, almost every interview, they'll always kind of be like, open it up. Do you have any questions for me? Because they are alumni. They've been to the, they attended the school that you're applying to. So they'll have a different perspective than say an admissions officer or the school's website. So you really should take advantage of this part to ask questions that you're actually dying to know, but also it's a way to show genuine interest in the school because you're taking initiative to learn more about it from a person that actually went there. So some of the questions or one of the questions I ask is kind of like, what's one tradition that's like not as well known, not kind of uh, broadcasted or always um, publicized like on the website or admissions officers talk about that you really enjoyed. So this kind of gives them the opportunity to talk about their experiences. Um, it's just kind of really cool to hear about um, what it was like for them to attend. And you can kind of get to learn more about the school and more of like student life by speaking to alumni. I'll go ahead and share a couple of mine. My, my questions are the way I model them is, it's based off of what I want to know about school, so I have a couple that I'll ask to all of my interviewers, and then whatever I come up with during the interview, I'll add to the list. So I'll ask about what was their experience with Dallas, because we both live in Dallas, compared to the surrounding city or area of the college. Um, I also like to ask about how easy it is to get involved with clubs and activities at the school. Also, the exposure to ideas and courses outside of their chosen major uh, so definitely making sure that I get different topics discussed at college other than just what I'm majoring in. And then also the activists of the Alumni Association and their experience. And then also the exposure to speakers and presenters. Obviously, if something is already discussed during the interview, it'll come off. But that's just kind of my go-to list of questions. Yeah, I had, I think, at least two questions I always asked. One was about um, the activeness of Greek life. You know, frats, sororities, mostly frats uh, on campus. Because, you know, Michael's the biggest frat boy you've oh, ever yeah. seen. I want to be in a frat. You never joined one, right? No. Michael, you no. should. No. You should. It would be total, It would be really great for your new podcast. A life in the day of a frat boy. It is. <laughs> okay. Actually, I don't know. You're convincing me. You might turn me into a frat boy. Who knows? Think about it. It's very qu- quality podcast material. 
you know, next thing you know, I'm going to be posting on our Instagram a picture of me with the Supreme shirt with a uh, baseball cap. Relentless, relentless shirt. Or whatever. Relentless. <laughs> we, we can make that happen, Michael. Just so you know. You don't need a frat. <laughs> Dominic and Relentless, if you want to know more about that. Michael's favorite streetwear website, relentlessdtx.com. In the show notes below. Honestly, Dominic, if you give me a relentless shirt to wear, I will With wear it. With his signature hoodie. Yeah, the Michael Gao hoodie. Send me a shirt. I'll be your I'll be a relentless influencer. Only if you design the Michael hoodie for <laughs> design the shop. a hoodie. <laughs> yeah, we need we need that hoodie. Like I need that one, but just with your signature over the breast pocket. That's the moneymaker. We talked about this before the podcast started, how Michael has like a signature hoodie he wore basically like all the years that we've known him in high school. And now that he's gone to New York, whenever I see someone with like a relatively (laughs) similar hoodie, I get so paranoid. I just think it's Michael. And Dominic, you know this, there's this teacher that rides the train with us and he legit has like that hoodie. And I'm just like really paranoid. He looks like you too. I'm not going to say anything else, but he definitely does. He got on the bus one time and he his back was turned and I literally thought it was you. Like, he's only a little bit taller. He's a lot taller than Michael. Yeah, but like on the bus when I was sitting down, it was like the height was just all messed up. I'm short, so. Because Dominic just towers over everyone. In my dreams. If you want to imagine Dominic <laughs> behind this voice, think yeah. of a six foot tall dude. That's definitely not true. Think of a five foot eight dude and then you're a little bit closer. Yeah, four inches. What's four inches? It's a lot. Oof, oof. Hit on a sore spot for Dominic. So we got to close this out before Dominic starts crying on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Before he goes to watch Miss Universe. What? 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 Never mind. All right. Hold up. We're not, <laughs> We're not doing this right now. Dominic's got other things to do. See what you're missing out on in the College Life podcast? This is what we're going to do. We're just going to talk about life at college. If you're still listening, you obviously like the podcast. The next one's going to be even more lit because we can talk about what's actually going on in life other than college admissions. So now that your college admissions are over, why do you need more college admissions? So definitely go to bit.ly slash aupodnew to sign up for the newsletter so that you'll know when that podcast mm. drops. Mm. The perfect plug. The perfect plug. All right. Now, after that great plug, you should definitely go to the... I'm not even kidding. Go give us your email. You will not be disappointed. It's going to be good. Uh, but now that we've done that, we've <laughs> given you this podcast with common interview questions. You know how to ace your interview. So we want to know how it goes. Tell us how your interview goes. Give us a DM over on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter at admissions.uncovered at Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter at AUPODFM. Tell us how it went. Share your story with us. And, you know, if you're interested, come on the podcast and uh, we'd love to hear uh, how your interview went and if you have any funny stories like we did. Now, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Um, If you are interested in helping other people listen to this podcast, which we really hope you do, go over to iTunes at bit.ly slash AUPODAPPLE and give us a five-star rating because it helps new people find our podcast and when new people find our podcast um the graph looks better when i go to our uh, podcast hosting site and uh, i feel happier (laughs) yeah we all want michael's graph to look better see michael being happy really makes our life easier it really does he doesn't nap as much oh my god we can actually record episodes yeah oh my god we've come full circle back to the jet lag nap we're such great podcasters okay okay i was closing this out 
Thank you so much for listening. Congratulations, including your applications. Kick ass on those interviews. You're going to be do do great. You are going to do great. <laughs> You're going to be do great. Good night, and I'll see you next week. Perfect.